This is the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley. Thank you for listening. The Middle East, that's one part of the world that we need to pay attention to, especially the country of Israel. And each week, I try to help you make sense of what's happening in that region through a biblical lens. Security threats, archaeological discoveries, biblical prophecy, those are just some of the things that we cover. And the main purpose of the Middle East Report Special Edition is to encourage you to read, study, and apply the Word of God in your life. And I believe that the best way to do that is to connect to the people, places, geography, culture of what we read in the Word of God. And hopefully we're helping you to do that every single week here on the Middle East Report Special Edition. Well, fasten your seatbelts. We have got an incredible program today. And I'll tell you, I love this guy. I love what he does. He speaks all over the nation. And I'm talking about Pastor Barry Stagner. And Pastor Barry and his wife, they live in California. They've been married since 1977. He is the founding and senior pastor of Calvary Central. He's also the host of the internationally broadcast weekly program, The Lineup. He's got a lot of books out there, including Time of the Signs, and they speak at conferences and retreats. They address, you know, topics of marriage and ministry and prophecy. We're going to be talking a lot about prophecy today, by the way. They've got two children, four grandchildren, and uh, Pastor Barry, it is so good to have you with us today on the Middle East Report Special Edition. Thank you, John. It's a privilege to be on with you. Well, Pastor Barry, uh, you have been pastoring for a long, long time. Tell us about your church there in California. Well, we had um, started actually, like most Calvaries do, we started as a home Bible study. Um, I go back, at my associate, uh, my right-hand guy, and I laugh because I can never remember if we started on March 17th with 19 people or March 19th with 17 people. Uh, it's one of those two. Uh, back in 1999, and uh, the church just uh, took off, and uh, God has blessed us. And I came out of a church that had a heavy focus on evangelism, and uh, so we just stayed faithful to the teaching of the Word, and God has has uh, added to the church uh, throughout those years. And uh, we've had a couple of moves, uh, one uh, most recent a couple of years ago where we moved from the city of Tustin, where for 22 years we were known as Calvary Chapel Tustin, and uh, now having moved to the city of Costa Mesa, uh, we changed our name to Calvary Central OC, and, um, you know, uh, the rest, as they say, is history. God has uh, opened a lot of doors for us as a church uh, to do different ministry things uh, around the world, planted a church in South Africa, uh, have been to uh, various countries, both as a church and with a mirror, and uh, God is just so good. Well, we're talking about, uh, you mentioned Amir, Amir Sarfati. He is the founder of Behold Israel. And you two get together a lot and travel around the world. And most recently, you were doing these Revealing Revelation conferences. I guess they're, it's like a one-day conference. And you just tell everybody, you know, how they can understand Revelation in one day. How in the world do you do that? That's crazy. Uh, it is, and we both know it. Um, actually, I just got home from Dallas uh, yesterday, and I'm headed out to Minneapolis on Wednesday and then off to uh, Delaware County, Philadelphia on Friday uh, to do a couple of conferences uh, this week. But, uh, you know, we, uh, Amir and uh, uh, Dr. Rick Yon, wonderful brother in the Lord, got together and wrote, wrote a book 
uh, basically a commentary on Revelation. And what they've done is they've taken and condensed this down to uh, two different uh, uh, conferences. One, uh, most of the time we do uh, seven sessions. We'll do two on like a Friday night and then five on Saturday. But we've just, because of venue availability and things like that, we've also compressed it down to five sessions where we teach the whole book of Revelation in five sessions in one day. And uh, we actually did that two days in a row. Uh, Friday, we had some 1,300 people at the Bertrand Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. And then we had a repeat of that on Saturday. And just a tremendous time. But I think the main takeaway uh, for both of us, when we fir- the first time we ever did this was in the Philippines in uh, January of this year. And uh, we came away feeling like, you know, we really didn't leave anything out. Um, and, and we touched on all the high points and of course, we couldn't uh, deal with every specific detail. But I think the more we do this, the more we're able to just uh, encapsulate and uh, refine our, our teaching, uh, you know, whether it's through seven sessions or five. And, uh, and we both, I think, feel pretty good about, you know, we, we didn't really uh, just do a flyover. We covered a lot of details. But, uh, yeah, it's quite an undertaking for a single day. And I will say, at the end of each day, we're both very tired. I would imagine. (laughs) I mean, look, Barry, for me, uh, just when I read the book of Revelation, I mean, it is awesome. But you're reading about beasts, and you're reading about people with wings and things with wings, and I don't know, all kinds of things I don't quite understand, (laughs) you know. And it can get kind of confusing, for sure. Well, that's part of the job, I think, to, to explain that there's imagery there that John is careful to identify, you know, when he says, you know, I, I, these creatures, one had a face like a man. He's not saying it had a man's face, but that's the best he could do to describe it. He's very careful, even as Revelation opens up that with uh, Jesus saying, these things were sent and signified through my angel. And, and what those two terms mean is to show by signs and symbols. So he announces right away that there's going to be symbolic imagery. And, uh, you know, if we're just careful to to make sure that we understand that the imagery has a literal meaning and, and not, you know, approach it from the allegorical standpoint, but recognize that John, for one, John is incorporating inspired language by the Holy Spirit that would be timeless. You know, if he said... You know, there was, uh, I heard a voice like the sound of a jet engine. I mean, who's going to understand that for century after century until the jet engine uh, comes to a reality? But he used, you know, he had a voice like the sound of many waters. Uh, That's a timeless description that anybody uh, could relate to. So, but it's, yeah, it's full of imagery, but, you know, a careful and cautious approach uh, will help us uh, come to an understanding of what's written. I love that, and I hope that more and more churches will begin to, you know, teach on last days and prophecy. And you know, uh, Pastor Barry, I have no idea why churches don't. You know, do you, do you do you have any insight into that? I mean, why why don't churches teach on this? Well, you know, that's the the most common comment we hear, no matter where at where we're at in the world. Uh, two things we hear consistently: I can't find a Bible teaching church. And secondly, no one's teaching Bible prophecy. And I was actually speaking at a conference here in Southern California 
two weeks ago, and the question was asked in the Q&A session, and the pastor answered, uh, much to my surprise and delight, uh, what I always answer, because it's hard. It's a hard book to teach, but we have to understand, so is Isaiah, so is Ezekiel, so is Daniel, so is Matthew. So, I mean, it takes study. You have to put in the time, and uh, even more so to pull out the over 500 Old Testament references in the book of Revelation. You know, so it's not not just a casual, uh, here, I'll throw out this little sermonette and and people be on their way and, and uh, have learned something. But I think, you know, it really takes a lot of time and investment. And, you know, uh, uh, John, there's, there's people today who don't want to hear about this kind of stuff. And this follows, you know, in what Paul said about the last days in 2 Timothy 4, that, you know, there's coming a time where people don't want to put up with sound doctrine. Uh, but they'll heap up for themselves teachers because they have itching ears and turn uh, away from the truth and turn aside to fables. And, you know, that's part of what we're experiencing today. The deep stuff, the heavy stuff, the hard stuff, uh, you know, people want to want to come to church and get a, a break from life because the deep stuff, the hard stuff, the heavy stuff goes on 24-7, 365. So, you know, but we can't shy away from this, especially now because we are living in the time of the signs. I mean, once Israel was reborn as a nation, the prophetic clock began to advance, and it's moving faster and faster the closer we get to that moment and twinkling of an eye that we're all waiting for. That's amazing, and we do have to study the Word of God, and it's so important that we do that every single day. Well, we want to turn to some of the current events that are happening right now. We've got about five minutes before our first break, but I wanted to ask you something that's in the news a lot right now is this potential deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And everybody's talking about this. Israel is talking about this. The United States is talking about this. And it seems like a, a lot of Muslim nations are making peace with Israel. How do you see this fitting into the end times? It c concerns me because, you know, in the past, Muslims were not, at least a lot of nations were not very friendly you know, toward Israel, and a lot of these deals require Israel to kind of give up a lot of stuff. So how do you see this, you know, and then the nuclear thing that the United States is in, it may approve for Saudi Arabia. How do you see this in the end times, or how do you see things playing out with this? I think with Saudi Arabia especially, you know, Bahrain's made movements in that direction, direction in other countries. But, you know, Saudi Arabia represents uh, Sheba and Didan and uh, the Ezekiel War scenario. And they're going to be the one protesting voice. The Arab Gulf states will protest the invasion from the north of the five invading nations named in Ezekiel 38. And so for them to be making overtures in this direction has heavy prophetic implications. But I think, too, we have to recognize that part of this with uh, moving toward this agreement with Israel is the Saudis know that Israel is the most powerful country in the region. Uh, their military is legendary all over the world. Uh, their IAF, the Israeli Air Force in particular, uh, their pilots are U.S. and well-trained. And, uh, you know, I think everybody recognizes they're a formidable force. And so, you know, a portion of this points back to the ancient Shia-Sunni struggle, uh, where these two factions of Islam have long been warring. And uh, it's a shared animosity for Iran that is at least in part a motivating factor for the Saudis uh, to make sure they're in good standing with the nation of Israel. Now, within the agreement, 
they made no bones about it that uh, one of the requirements is a Palestinian state. You know, so they are Muslim at heart, and they do want to see the two-state solution uh, at least on the table. But uh, I think you know, Mohammed bin Salman is an interesting character, and uh, him and his uh, you know the line, this uh, linear city of some 500 miles and uh, encompassing borders of three countries. Um, you know, he just, he's a bit outside the box for, for the uh, Saud family. And uh, he thinks a bit differently. So he it's curious as to how uh, he operates and thinks in, in Western ways, but then we'll speak, you know, the typical uh, Saudi type of language and supportive of the Palestinian state and all that. But I think with him in particular, uh, I think there's a bit of politicking going on uh, here with even the, the language about the Palestinian state, because there's been other comments made, you know, that the Palestinians from Saudi Arabia and Mohammed bin Salman, that they need to get their act together. And, uh, you know, because they recognize that they're, they initiate the vast majority of the, the struggles that make the news, uh, you know, with Israel and, you know, the borders or the, Bethlehem or whatever it may be uh, going on at the time. But I think the, the, the prophetic component is, is uh, the Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, involvement of the Arab Gulf states in protesting Russia, Turkey, Iran, Libya, and Sudan's invasion of Israel. We're talking to Barry Stagner. He is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel OCT in Tustin. And if you want to connect with Barry, find out more about what he is doing worldwide and there in that area, he speaks all over the country and around the world. You can connect with them when you go to cctustin.org. That's cctustin.org. We are going to continue to talk about prophecy, things happening in the news, and a whole lot more here on the Middle East Report Special Edition. I just want to remind you, please download a podcast of the show. Go to AFR.net, click on the podcast tab. You can do that. Look for the Middle East Report. Also, you can get this wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all the major podcast platforms. We'll be right back. Sometimes it can be hard to catch each live broadcast. This could be due to your job, school, or just life in general. We understand, which is why you don't have to miss out. The AFR podcast page is where you can find all of your favorite shows. Whether it's old or new, you can listen and download each broadcast that you've missed, including the ones you've already heard. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. Welcome back to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I'm John Riley, and we're going to get back to our special guest, Pastor Barry Stagner, in just a moment. I just want to remind you that you can download a podcast of the show. You can go to AFR.net, click on the podcast tab, and you'll see the Middle East Report there. You can also get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're on Spotify. We are on Google and iTunes, anywhere you get your, your podcast, we are there. So I want to encourage you to download it and please follow me. Our guest is Pastor Barry Stagner. He is the senior pastor at uh, 
Calvary Central there in California, and he's the inter- internationally broadcast host of the program Lineup, and he's the author of several books, including Time of the Signs, and we are talking about a lot of current events that are happening in the world today, and of course, specifically in the Middle East. Recently, the Biden administration did some kind of prisoner swap thing going on, and there were there were like billions of dollars that were involved in that. Can you kind of break that down for us? Was that good for, you know, Israel? Was it good for us? You know, was that good for Iran? What's what's the deal there? Well, I think the last one you said is probably the uh, the outcome, and that is it's very good for Iran, uh, the world's largest sponsor of terror, uh, to have $6 billion at their disposal. And, you know, one thing I think we need to be careful about, John, is you know, the, the media uh, isn't exactly the bastion of truth today. Uh, so we have to be careful, the liberal media, that is. And uh, we have to be careful about the way stories are presented. And you know, we're, the U.S. is not giving them $6 billion. Uh, the world has frozen Iran's assets uh, because of some of their terrorist sponsorship and actions. And uh, they're releasing some money that's actually been frozen uh, in South Korean ba- or North Korean banks. Uh, and just letting them access their own money. So we're not handing over a, a bunch of money to them. But again, the primary concern with that has to be, what are they going to do with it? You know, we see them uh, constantly, Israel running sorties into Syria, and the target being a shipment that came from Iran of, you know, something for building uh, rockets or weaponry of some kind. And so, you know, I mean, it's a pretty much a no-brainer that that this is going to end up uh, for an, in a negative situation for Israel uh, without question. But I, I think just, you know, the word of caution for all of us, you know, is to, to not, you know, let things run away. And because uh, there's so much talk right now about uh, U.S. money headed to Ukraine. And uh, this is this is not that. But, John, it's still a bad move, no matter whose money it is. Uh, because a lot of that $6 billion is going to cause headaches for Israel. Yeah, Iran hates the Jewish people. They hate the United States. And, of course, you know, they play a part in end times. And, and you've, you've said that. The Bible says that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, John, I think it's important for the listener, all of us, to understand that there's a, a huge difference between the Persian people and the Iranian people and the Iranian regime. Uh, we have Persian neighbors all around us and, and always have, and they're wonderful people, and they hate what's happening uh, in their country. Uh, they're very kind and, and family-oriented people. And, you know, here we've seen over the past couple of years, you know, the protests in the street, and they've got, you know, Iran, if I remember right, they, they have a, like a 45% percentage of their uh, population that is in their 30s and early 40s. And there's a lot of young people that are wanting to, established families and all that, and they're being stifled, uh, one, by spending all their money on sponsoring terror around the world. But there, there's a massive difference between the Iranian people and the Iranian regime. And I, th- I know most of them, the vast, vast majority of the Iranian people would love to get out from under the hand of this regime. Well, that's one story going on. Now, here is another story that uh, I really wanted you to comment on, Pastor Barry, multiple stories from Israel about Christian tourists being attacked by 
um, some Jewish people there in the land of Israel. And then recently, um, deputy mayor there in in Jerusalem was warning Christians not to uh, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles because the people that are that are coming to to love the Jewish people to support, you know, the Jewish people would try to convert you know, them to Christianity. And then that same Jerusalem deputy mayor, you know, he was involved in a lot of anti-Christian protests. So a couple of things about this. And then there was another thing that happened recently about some woman from England, and she was there in a very public space there in the Jerusalem area, in actually in the Jewish quarter. And this was Sabbath, and she had a loudspeaker on, and she was just preaching her heart out you know, about Jesus. Again, this is the Jewish Sabbath, and things kind of got heated, and uh, there was some provoking going on, and then she started saying some things about, you know, Jesus said we would be persecuted. So there's that going on as well. So what's your perspective on this? I mean, I know Jewish people have a long history, unfortunately, of this difficulty between Jewish people and Christians. Well, you know, you look back uh, to Hitler and all that happened there and the church's uh, silence or even involvement in what was going on with the Jews and the persecution, the radical persecution they were experiencing. And to to many Jews, that's what the church is. And, uh, you know, uh, Netanyahu said in time past that, you know, one of the greatest friends of Israel is the evangelical church. And, uh, you know, so there are some who recognize the distinction but, you know, John, I had an experience one time. I was in, there's a courtyard between the main body of the Yad Vashem Museum and the Museum of the Children. And uh, my wife and I were uh, seated out in this uh, little quad area and kind of catching our breath from all we've been seeing. And uh, the Lord just really, I like to just say, he just was pestering me about these two Orthodox kids seated on a bench um, having lunch. And... Um, I just finally, okay, okay, I got to go talk to them. And uh, as I'm walking over there, you know, I hadn't really, uh, I didn't have a five-point sermon and a close with an invitation at the end. I just thought, you know, uh, I'm just going to go over there and tell them we love them. And uh, I walked over to these two kids and asked if they spoke English. And he did a little, but she did fluently. And I just said, hey, I just want you to know, you know, I'm I'm a Christian pastor from the United States. And I, I want you to know that we believe that the Jews are the chosen people of God, and we love Israel. And they they both just burst into tears. And the little gal said to me, um, I have never heard that before. I've never heard that a Christian loves Israel. So, I mean, we're battling against that already. But, you know, John, every religious system— or belief system has its extremists. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's the Jews are no exception and Christians aren't either. But, you know, I think with the this story with this woman, you know, we, we need to be uh, using the wisdom that God has given us. Of course, we need to love Israel. Of course, we need to tell the Jews about Jesus. But, you know, uh, if you're going to go and do something that is by nature insulting and an affront to the Jews, on Shabbat, in front of a synagogue, well, what other kind of reaction do you think you're going to get? I I personally would not categorize what she experienced as persecution. 
uh, I think it's just consequences for a poor decision. Yeah, extremely poor decision. And, you know, I've been to Israel 30 plus times. I know you've been there multiple times as well. And look, we are to shine the light of the Lord, to to love and shine the light of Jesus. You know, you, in the Middle East, you don't take a Bible and hit that hit that person over the head with the Bible. You just don't do that. Not, not in the Middle yeah. East. Yeah, it's funny because Amir was just talking on this uh, most recent uh, trip that we had about, you know, he's he's going to stay home for all of 2024, no international travel, and he's going to focus on Israel and, uh, you know, groups coming over there, but also his own people. And he just mentioned, you know, that um, for him, you know, the, the tour groups and all that, you know, most people welcome them. And the, the extreme is the rarity rather than the norm, uh, like the example you just cited. But, you know, he said for him – you know, it, it's a little bit different because for a, a, it's one thing to be a Christian. It's quite another to be a Jewish Christian. And uh, so he's opposed, you know, by his own people, kind of like Paul. He's in peril of his own countrymen. And, uh, you know, so he's experiencing that as well. But he has such a love for his own nation that he wants to see people come to Christ. And we should have that 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 same passion and love. Uh, for the Jewish people. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, for when when we have the Holy Spirit of God, who uh, Jesus himself said, he will teach you all things. I think among those things is he's going to teach us uh, that God has not done with the nation of Israel, that we should have as the church a love for Israel and to recognize their place in his, uh, not just prophetic, but also his redemptive plan. After all, Zechariah 12.10 says, when Jesus comes back, they will look upon the one whom they pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. And that's that's when all Israel uh, is going to be saved. Well, Jesus was a Jew. The disciples were Jew. The Bible is a Jewish book. You know, both the, the Hebrew Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, I don't like that word, but uh, the New Testament, it's a Jewish book. And, and the Messiah, Jesus, is Jewish. The Holy One of Israel. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, we sure appreciate what you do to keep uh, everybody, you know, posted on all of the different things happening and how everything kind of connects together uh, with the end times. And of course, you're pastoring out there in crazy California. I don't know how you can do that out there <laughs> in California, but <laughs> I'm sure you get to ask that question a lot. But uh, I do. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Why don't you just move? Well, hey, I've been here for, you know, two or three decades. You think I want to move my family? You know, that's probably the answer. But thank you for what you do. And I want to encourage everybody to pray for your ministry, connect with thank what you. you are doing. And of course, uh, Time of the Signs, your latest book. Everybody get that or you can pre-order that, please. Pastor Barry, thank you for joining us on the Middle East Report Special Edition. Thank you. That book that we just mentioned, Time of the Signs, with Pastor Barry Stagner. Again, you can pre-order that book, and I encourage you to do that. It officially comes out after the first of the year, but I was looking at the table of contents, and it's got a lot of great stuff in it. Israel, God's timepiece, the time of the signs, signs of the world, signs in the church, the rapture, Ezekiel's war, the man of sin, and so much more. And if you don't understand all this end-time stuff, you're going to understand it if you get that book, Time of the Signs by Pastor 
Barry. Hey, thank you for listening to the Middle East Report Special Edition. I sure appreciate that. Remember, read, study, and apply God's Word daily in your life. The best way to do that is to connect with the people, places, and geography of what you read in God's Word. And don't forget, download a podcast of this show. It's available at AFR.net. Click on the podcast tab. Look for the Middle East Report. You can also get this wherever you get your podcast. We are on all the major podcast platforms out there. Google, iTunes, Spotify, all of those. So check it out and download it and follow me. Thanks for listening.